What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Adaptive Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Sanchez. Today, we have a special guest. We get into interesting topics. I promise you, if you sit through this episode, you will have a emotion of there is hope for humanity by the time you are done listening to this episode because we've we've got an inventor, a PhD in quantum morphogenetics physics. He's got a myriad of titles and credentials that you're going to experience. Dr. Jerry Rivera Dujeno. <laughs> where where is, are these fields? Uh, and compared to the scientific, like the scientific community, do they acknowledge these fields? Of course, yeah, but, okay. but it just like... Uh, They'll call them auras, right? They call them energy fields or subtle energy. They 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 I, they use the words they use the word subtle because they don't understand scalar energy. Morphogenetic fields are really scalar energy fields, sure. and they wrap around anything physical, like so, cells, your organ systems. They all have fields around them, scalar fields, organ fields, uh-huh. well, yep, that hold the instructions. They hold the the template for your heart, for your lungs. Without the instructions in that in that field, mm-hmm. they, there's no cell, there's no organ, there's nothing, there's no blueprint. It's like an architecture, energy uh, instructions for your whole body or a planet, mm-hmm. solar system. Mm-hmm. When did Rasha start? I want to say 2015 was when I actually, it took a while. So remember, I, I died in 2000. But it took many, many years for me to understand the information because I just, you know, that high level of, let's say, physics, it wasn't out there to, to I mean, I went, I I got my PhD uh, in quantum medicine in Hawaii. Then I did online work, uh, online classes, like online, like during the pandemic okay. at Stanford for with genetic and genomics to get to understand more about genes and, and how DNA works. But it took many, many, many years for me to actually put it all together. So I had to really reverse engineer the knowledge that I brought back right. in order to make sense of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so quantum morphogenetic physics mm-hmm. deals with the ability to influence our DNA through morphogenetic fields. And that, so Russia was incepted, the business was incepted at what date? 2015-ish. 2015-ish. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. No so uh, around 2015, I sketched drawings mm-hmm. of the coils and, and, and just the actual device. And I brought it to the late Jack Slovak. Jack Slovak was the pioneer or one of the pioneers in reverse osmosis uh, water filtration technology. Mm. Him and his brother, Robert Slovak, worked for NASA, CIA, and they actually worked on the Minuteman missile uh, program for NASA. They Uh figured out, they figured out, you you know, what wasn't working. Both Slovak brothers were, were called in. Jack Slovak was also a physicist, quantum physicist, and it was an expert in scalar energy. Mm-hmm. He was the mentor of Colonel Tom Bearden, who Colonel, the late Colonel Tom Bearden, was the master at scalar energy weaponry mm. for, for the US military. Colonel, the late Colonel Tom Bearden, you can look him up. Yep. So I went to Jack and I'm like, what am what the, what, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, because I, I, you know, he's like, Jerry, he goes, well, where did you get these? I'm like, well, I mean, I drew these and this is like, you know, this is something I, I've been seeing in my, 
my dreams, if you will, my sleep. I'm like, you know, it's a device called the Rasha. He's like, I'm like, what it, is this scalar energy, Jack? And he goes, yep. Wow. Because remember, Nikola Tesla was the mm -hmm. one in 1890, which is the 18, late 1890s, came up with a patent for scalar coils, flat scalar coil, right? Mm -hmm. So he has a patent in 1899 or something like that for a flat version. Our coils are like a 3D version, but with base 12 mathematics. Mm. It's sick. Mm -hmm. So if Tesla were alive today, he probably would have created something similar or probably better actually <laughs> than the Russia. That's what I, I, yeah. I, I say. Uh -huh. But um, so that's how Jack was like, wow, you actually three-dimensionalize Tesla's flat coil. How'd you do that? And I'm like, you know, I told, you know, I told him about my near-death experience. That's how I got verification. And mm. then you know, certain, I looked up in, on LinkedIn, <laughs> I need an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I found a, a, a former systems, uh, engineer, analyst engineer from NASA. Yeah. And, uh, he's still currently working for the military uh, mm -hmm. in Alabama, but I, so how did that message go? Like, how did that outreach go? Well, uh, scale our engineer in <laughs> Reno. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, he reached back out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ooh, he's well, fast. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was so synchronistic. Yes. Right? And he's still with us to, till today. I mean, you know, it's been seven and a half years, and then this guy is, uh, he's still working on some black projects we can't talk about with me, mm -hmm. but he's still, uh, you know, it's all handmade too. Mm -hmm. The Rasha is 100% handmade except for the, for the base, which is, uh, it's, it's milled. It's, uh, it's like military aluminum block. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. That's the only thing that's machined. And how long, what was as, so you, you invented this product. So what was the, the time of invention until you finally had that like prototype ready to go? Oh, one year. So, okay, I, wow. you know, 2015, 2016 was like, you know, mm -hmm. I, first I had to find a, a I, I had to find someone that can make the coil. There's not many people that can hand wind coils. So I had to go through the whole, you know, uh, I was, I used to speak at the Tesla conference as well. Mm -hmm. So I went to that and I had to find, I had to do a little researching. Oh, who can, who can wind coils? You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was introduced to, to the three, six, nine vortex based mathematics of Martha, Marco Rodin, uh, and someone, uh, from his camp, uh, shared, uh, a name with me mm -hmm. of, a couple married couple that actually hand wind hand wind uh coils for them so i'm like okay so i reached out to them in, in new york of all places and they still wind for me till today but i've changed the mathematics because marco Rodin uses a 369 mathematics which is a finite life incomplete mathematics tesla never said the key to the universe was 369 Mm. No, 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 no. He said that the key to the universe was three, six, nine, twelve. They removed the twelve from that formula. Interesting. Yeah. Who's, so, who's they? <laughs> okay. Whoever you want to, <laughs> whoever, <laughs> whoever you want to call that, that actually wants to manipulate and control humanity, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So, why is it ancient cultures used, you know, the base twelve 
base 60 mathematics, like the Sumerians, the ancient Mayans, mm-hmm. the Egyptians, mm-hmm. the Dogons, they all used a form of base 12 mathematics. I mean, even in, in the Apple TV series, Foundation, you, have you heard of that series, Foundation? Mm-hmm. Isaac Asimov's uh, 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 series called, it's called Foundation. It's, it's brilliant, actually. It's on Apple TV. Okay. They talk about base, base 60 mathematics, right? Mm. Base, which is a form of base 12. Mm-hmm. Why weren't we taught that in school? Why weren't we taught? Why are we taught base ten, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I started, you know, asking these questions after my near death experience. Well, mm-hmm. shit, man, it, the twelve is an organic number. It's the way the ancient cultures used to teach. Well, why? What if I applied base twelve ratios algorithms to the Rasha? So that's all I did. And that's why we've gotten the results that we've gotten because it talks to the DNA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, and I- And those results that you got, right? Oh yeah. The, the, the development prototype, then the next stage was one of the fascinating things that I, that I researched about you or heard about you mm-hmm. was autistic. The, the first- Yes. Was that your first like small sample size autistic kids? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. dear friends of mine, you know, had 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 an Pass, autistic yep. Pass son. Sense. Yes, powerful. Uh, at two and a half, he he had fevers, hundred and three, hundred and four fevers, and they became catatonic, couldn't speak, couldn't talk. I mean, they thought he was deaf. Mm-hmm. So they came to me and they're like, "Hey, Jared, do you think that you're, the Rasha can help?" I'm like, "Look, man, they, they're at their, you know, I don't know if you've come across a lot of autistic." parents but i have mm-hmm. and they're at you know they've tried everything to help their their children and they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in therapies nothing worked so they came to me they're like can you can you try it i'm like sure mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in like two weeks the son started speaking making noises dada mama wow right yeah now it wasn't an overnight mm-hmm. you know a quick fix miracle it took five years mm-hmm. But that boy is no longer labeled or considered autistic on the spectrum in the state of California. No longer. No longer. He, I mean, according to the Autism Treatment Evaluation Checklist, it's called the ATEC scale. Mm-hmm. That boy is no longer on the spectrum. So I started speaking at the Autism One conference. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I spoke in New York just sharing my findings. Then Grace Hightower De Niro, the ex-wife of Robert De Niro, Mm -hmm. reached out to me and uh, she heard me talk at a conference and she's like, hey, Jerry, you think, (laughs) you know, the Rasha can help Mm -hmm. Elliot, our 18-year-old son. Mm -hmm. Okay, I went from two to an 18-year-old. I'm like, let's try it. And, you know, I can tell you right now, Bob De Niro didn't think it would work. He thought it was full of shit. Right? right, so fair enough. But that's what we're told, right? Yeah, it's not possible. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I I let them, I let them for two weeks. I let them experience the Rasha in New York City. After that, they bought it. And Elliot is, I think, now twenty-two, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. young adult, no longer on the spectrum. Okay? Wow. And how many how many kids would you say that you? helped that were on the spectrum and they're no longer on, on the spectrum. You know, you I wish a lot more. Okay. 
Uh, every year we go, we have, we have a foundation called the GC Rivera foundation. It's mm -hmm. my mom's foundation. And we, uh, go to the Philippines every year to, um, work on, uh, the, the most poor of the poor, right? The people that can't afford any type of medical or holistic mm -hmm. therapies. So every year we go and we treat, uh, for one week, hundreds of, of special needs kids, right? And people are like, well, yeah. What can what good can you do in one week? Well, we affect the consciousness, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So, the number of kids that we have actually, let's say, upgraded their consciousness has been in the thousands. How many have we reversed on, let's say, paper? Mm -hmm. Let's say a handful. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, handful. So a handful is more than yeah. anyone else, right? Yeah, and the thing is, I say a handful because I haven't even brought in our Japanese Russia team okay we have a whole entire japanese research experimental team made up of phds doctors do's dentists mm -hmm. in tokyo mm -hmm. for the past three years that have uh, taken our technology worked with the um emoto research foundation mm -hmm. and they're doing amazing things over in japan with our technology integrating it with what the emoto research and other foundations are doing so i'm sure there are more Mm -hmm. children that have been reversed but just on paper a handful that's powerful that's super powerful so you created technology you have actual case studies of reversing autism which is in the scientific and 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 the fda like that no one would ever say that that was possible right yep. so you are doing the impossible we've right? already achieved that we've already achieved the yes. impossible which is super powerful and then your clientele you 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 had an it's like an interesting trajectory or timeline for you because most inventors and entrepreneurs who create a product or invent a product mm -hmm. don't break into affluence or celebrity mm -hmm. or anything like you did right um who are the most notable people that you have that, that have the rasha well uh, besides recent... robert de niro yeah, so it's Grace Hightower, mm -hmm. De Niro, uh, Denise Richards, and wow. her husband, uh, Aaron Cameron. Mm -hmm. Let's see, uh, Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg have wow. it. Mm -hmm. uh, those are probably, oh, can't forget Cindy Crawford. <laughs> you can't forget Cindy yeah, Crawford, yeah. the legend. Sure. Yeah, she she just came uh, uh, to Vegas not too long ago, mm -hmm. and we uh, had a private uh, uh, showing of the, the Rasha Dome for her and her friends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Cindy has it. And uh, I would say probably those are the most famous, yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. And is that because of the high price point, the six-figure, like, you know, not everybody can pay six figures for a product like that, right? Yeah. Is that why? Probably, mm -hmm. yes. I would have to say that. And then when did the the more personal product come in, into play? When did the, the the device that you talked about, the more handheld product? Right. So we have uh, we have a portable, portable. Uh, digital analog player or converter mm -hmm. that actually plays our specific base twelve frequencies, and you can play it on a headphone, right? So. Mm -hmm. It, it, that's also helpful. And that just came around maybe the last year because it, it makes it more portable, right? Mm -hmm. But that digital audio player does not include the scalar energy aspect or mm -hmm. transmission of our technology, but it does address, or let's say it by far 
outperforms binaural beats. So if you go online mm-hmm. or your, your your phone, you can go on these apps. Mm-hmm. No no offense to those <laughs> apps because they work, right? Oh, those yeah, binaural yeah. and binaural beats. You know, the military, the U.S. Army had did, did a paper on binaural beats back in 1983. And the efficacy of binaural beats with the gateway system, right, which mm. became the Monroe Institute, okay. right? Mm-hmm. They, the U.S. Army was hired by the CIA to create a 28-page report just on binaural beats, mm-hmm. right? Very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Well, I took a look at that. I'm like, wow, imagine what a 12X uh, system would do, meaning we, we transmit three beats in one ear, in the left, three in the right, just six mm-hmm. and we times two it we wow we multiply it times two so it's a 12x base 12 and the difference between binaural beats and our base 12 mm-hmm. is like comparing a bicycle to a spaceship wow. both are forms of transportation mm-hmm. bicycle will take you from point a to point b you know linearly but a spaceship will take you <laughs> off planet that's the difference between base 12 frequencies and binaural beats. And when, when, when I'm just thinking about the audience, when they're listening to this stuff, right, the scalar energy is mm-hmm. a little bit more of a fringe concept for them. Mm-hmm. How, do, how would you express the, the technology, the invention, what you've created if the audience, let's say the audience had an average reading level of a seventh grader? Right. So all seventh graders should understand Electromagnetism. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. Right? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So basic electromagnetism is electric and magnetic. You have mm-hmm. light, sound, positive, negative, right? Mm-hmm. So scalar energy is the foundation, or let's say the parent of both. So scalar energy, while electromagnetic energy, electric magnetic are energy. You have electric energy, magnetic energy. Scalar energy is energy plus information. And the potential for both. So Nikola Tesla was able to extrapolate or utilize the electrical side of scalar energy, ergo wireless free energy. What we did was we combined the magnetic side or the magnetic vector of scalar energy, which by the way, is the language of our intron DNA as per Professor Dr. Constantine Mile, who is considered, by the way, the German Tesla. Okay. Okay. So he's alive, still alive. I've met him. And his research on intron DNA and how the intron DNA, which is, by the way, what science erroneously calls junk, right? Right. Sends and transceives information in magnetic scalar energy pathways. Mm. And he's published multiple peer review papers mm-hmm. okay so all we did was we take we took that research and we said okay we'll transmit frequency along that pathway but we'll also utilize the electrical component that tesla utilized to charge the cells that's what we did so we didn't re we didn't create we didn't reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. right we just made a spaceship yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone else is is riding a bicycle, and right. and anyone that has Russia is yeah. on a spaceship. Yeah. So for all of you that really didn't understand scalar energy before, scalar mm-hmm. energy is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's the father or the or the parent of electromagnetic frequency or energy. That's it. And so um, I can't I can't 
name all of the things that you like if 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 it's not apparent as you're speaking mm -hmm. how intelligent you are your background how studious you are and everything i mean even crossing cultures and studying I, cultural context is really important right like the german version of tesla that's he's still probably as intelligent or smart as tesla was and and renowned in germany yep. we just don't know about him because we're in america yep. so cultural context is important you're cross-cultural you know what i mean like you super high iq what are your your accolades what are what are your what's your credentials phd and yeah phd in quantum medicine from okay. uh from hawaii right mm -hmm. and then i studied online at stanford and i'm mm -hmm. actually never to have i stopped yep fyi okay mm -hmm. i'm a forever student anyone that says they know everything is full of shit 100%. okay so I'm still online at Stanford, right? Taking their genetic and genomics program and I'm mm -hmm. dissecting it. And don't worry, professors, I'm not gonna out your research, <laughs> but they're, they're, you know, they're teaching you know, the CRISPR, you know, uh, CRISPR gene technology. Yeah, yep. technology, which is mm -hmm. uh, which is advanced for humans. But um, mm -hmm. when you start dealing with quantum morphogenetic physics, there's no need for CRISPR at gene editing. Interesting. When you start to, and forgive me, <laughs> professors, <laughs> when you start to delve in manipulating morphogenetic fields, which every DNA chromosome cell atom has, you don't have to splice genes anymore. You just transmit new information into the energy fields around the DNA or cell and allow the DNA, which by the way, is smarter than any doctor, scientist, research group on the planet, you allow the DNA to actually receive the information and actually transmit it to the rest of the body. That's it. You let the DNA handle the information. So, I mean, you're, you're taking these, the super, these super complex topics and simplifying and make them easy to understand. Look, I died. So I, I understand what happens after death. I understand there's no more, Oh, uh, the fear of the unknown. No, I, I understand what's going to happen. I, I've experienced our true nature uh, of who we really are, and that's energy. We are actual consciousness or energy, right? So having that experience, I'm able to take hard or let's just say high IQ or highbrow concepts like quantum physics and actually create a new physics called quantum morphogenetic physics and downstep what, let's say, genetic and genomic departments at Stanford are teaching online or, or, or in person. Downstep? Yeah, I'm downstepping what they are teaching, meaning I'm, I'm bringing it down to simpler mm -hmm. vocabulary yeah, yeah, to, the, to the, to the yep. public mm -hmm. using certain analogies, certain examples where the layperson can understand, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to Harvard or, or MIT or, or Stanford to understand this, mm -hmm. right? Experience is better mm -hmm. than everything. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And you keep alluding to the audience to, to that moment that you you passed over yes. or you transitioned, right? Mm -hmm. um, before we get to that, yep. I want to um, ask you about your childhood, your upbringing. Who are your parents? Wow. Okay. <laughs> We're all there. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Well, uh, my parents are both medical doctors. Uh -huh. uh, my mom is Spanish Filipino. Mm -hmm. My dad is Filipino. They met in medical school and they did their residency in Coney Island, New York. Let's go. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm born and raised in New York. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting. Uh, we were talking off off uh, off camera earlier mm -hmm. uh, about uh, uh, 
a recent interview or friend that you've you've acquaintance you've made mm-hmm. uh, in in the film industry mm-hmm. uh, and I bring that up only because at age nine I was sexually abused okay mm-hmm. for one year yep okay so I went I was in an all boys all boys school private mm-hmm. school in New Jersey and for one year several boys and I were were we're, we were just sexually traumatized by a male teacher. Let's just say. By a male teacher. Yes. For one year. I think it's important you talk about that because it's of course. so prominent amongst, I think it's statistically, they say it's one in six boys or males have been sexually assaulted or had some sort of it was trauma. About, it was about five of us. Five, yeah. It was crazy. Five but or statistically, six. Statistically, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They can measure that. Yeah. What they can't measure is how many men don't want to come forward. Yeah. And so there's another study that reflects that the average adult that comes out that they were sexually abused doesn't come out until they're 52, mm-hmm. I believe. So how many people, you know, from from childhood till that age just don't disclose that they have been sexually assaulted? So one in six boys is what we can measure. I think it's important that you talk about it um, mm-hmm. because it, it would it, it'll give people more confidence to be OK talking about it. Well, uh, precisely. Uh-huh. So. I'm abused mm-hmm. from nine to 10, right? And I was born in the 60s. Don't let the young looks fool me. I'm <laughs> quite old. Uh, for all of my high school, young adult life, late adult life, I didn't know how to handle it. There was no programs. No. There, was, there, there was nothing to, who am I going to talk to about that, right? It, it was only because I, at nine or, or already 10, I complained to my mom, hey, you know, something's, something's hurting down there, mom. And she was like, what? What the fuck is going on? So, mm-hmm. you know, my mom came in and, 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 and this, I've forgiven him already at this point, but, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this predator yep. disappeared. Let's just say, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I didn't know how to deal with it. So, what did I turn to? Escapism. Mm-hmm. I mastered every single addiction humanly possible: mm-hmm. sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling. You name it. For all of my adult life, I sought external means to escape my body. Didn't matter. Till one day, in September of two thousand. I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just didn't want to live anymore. Just didn't want to be here in physical body, you know? So I went on a 24 hour bender mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've heard in past mm-hmm. uh, interviews that I've had that, uh, you know, it was enough drugs to kill several like adult males. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how I dealt with that sexual trauma. Cause there was no, mm-hmm. there was no programs back then, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, you know, only now, only the past few years, you know, the movie that your friend created is, mm-hmm. is it's coming out and and shining light on that problem, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a problem, man. Yeah, it, it's a problem, and you know, not just in 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 the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. talking, you know, high influential government people and 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 celebrities, even. Yeah, sorry, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. So. So I, I want to, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I do also want to talk about, you know, from that trauma, uh, you speak about that moment, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you overdosed yes. and you were legally dead for minutes, right? But like, who was that person in adolescence and what, what, 
did you always have this curious nature? Were you questioning authority? You know, where, where does, because a lot of the topics we talk about in and out of the studio are sometimes fringe topics. You know, we talk about somebody named Wilhelm Reich. who's yep. not, nobody really knows about him because it, they meant to, uh, you know, cover his Correct. studies and they meant to cover, cover up his findings. Yes. Because they were revolutionary. They were transformative. Of course. Right. So where did you always have a curious nature? I think all children have curious natures. Right. I know I know at a very young age I always wanted to be an astronaut. I I always was curious about death and near death experience at, at a very young age. I mean I, I after after being let's say sexually traumatized for a year mm -hmm. I chose uh, to uh, why I didn't choose my mom actually forced me to a public speaking contest. Oh, interesting. And uh, I chose the topic of near death experience hmm. at that young age. How old were you? I was like already almost 10. Okay. So uh, the book by Dr. Raymond Moody just came out. <laughs> you know, it's a, a book on near death experience and mm -hmm. experimentations on people, patients that died. So I've always had that, you know, curiosity of you know, fringe topics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but um, that consciousness that went through the sexual abuse for a year, that went through all of the uh, addictions, drug abuse, da, 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 da. In 2000, that consciousness, let's just say, got upgraded, mm -hmm. okay? Because the consciousness that's speaking to you today is like an upgrade, like a 12.0 version of that previous conference, like, like a software upgrade, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to create the Rasha. I wouldn't be able to understand quantum physics or create a new type of physics called quantum morphogenetic physics. So although that consciousness, uh, you know, experienced that trauma, right? This consciousness, let's just say, is an upgraded version of that consciousness. Yeah. And um, so between like, let's say, let's say uh, eight teenage years uh, or young adulthood, mm -hmm. what were you doing? What were, were you in sports? Were you getting involved? You know, what, yeah. was, what is your life? It was, it was sports. I, I, you know, I was, I went to a private school in New Jersey. So it was, it was, you know, sports. I was a three sport type of guy. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I, I, I entered uh, pre-med school at mm -hmm. Drew University in New Jersey. And I was like, you know what? This is not making any sense to me. No, no offense to all doctors out there. <laughs> Just the current uh -huh. Western medical model back then in pre-med school just didn't resonate with me. So I dropped out. I was like, you know what? I dropped out of school and then I just started to just live a very, very addictive lifestyle. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So That escapism. Yep. And so will you attribute all of the escapism back to the sexual trauma? 1,000%. 1,000%. Because I didn't know how to do. Look, imagine you're a child and a teacher that you see as an authority figure that you looked up to uh, betrays you, betrays your trust, uh, you know, <laughs> violates your, your free will choice, violates your physical body. At that, but at that age, you don't know. You're like, oh, I guess this is, this is normal, right. you know? Right. This is normal. Right. So, and you didn't really have anyone to talk to. No, I mean, I, I no, 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 not even, not even the, your friends, uh, like the people that you were involved with. I hit it, hit it. I yeah. suppressed it. Then you suppress that. And then 
fat chance of you having a relationship later in life because you don't trust people, right? Yeah, my relationships were <laughs> just they were challenging. So, right. Yeah. And that led you up to that point where you decided, and I, I don't want to call it like a, you know, like you're like, I'm gonna commit suicide, but essentially that's what it was, right? Like, like I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. it was, it was, it was, I wouldn't say suicide because yeah. they it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't despair or lack okay. of hope. It was I'm done with this physical body. I just don't want to be in anymore. I want to leave. It wasn't, there was no like despair or lack of hope. Mm -hmm. It was like, or fear. It was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to be in physical body anymore. I want to see what else is out there. It was kind of like that. And okay. So that, that's a more, I would say that's a more mystical thought. Was that in hindsight or is that in the moment? And if it was in the moment, right, having this more like I'm going to transition out of this body, yeah. was what were you studying before that? Right. So I wasn't studying anything. Okay, nothing. Okay, nothing. <laughs> so when I say I was mastering every addiction, yeah, yeah. I kid you not, okay. you know, orgies, late night, oh. uh, uh, underground, you know, uh, the underground house scene in New York City in the late 90s was mm -hmm. absolutely crazy mm -hmm. right so i mastered um you know people now they do ketamine drips for <laughs> you know for wellness but i mastered the the k-holes right i mastered <laughs> you're doing the special k oh right? yeah yeah <laughs> and so that, that was my that was my school so to speak mm -hmm. you know and i was like you know what you know so i've od'd many times pr prior to that point where my heart stopped okay mm -hmm. So it wasn't just one time I OD'd. I OD'd many times. And that overdose and that experience, I was experienced like, oh, you know, I'm in a K-hole and I'm, I'm, I'm watching, you know, physical reality turn into like cartoons or, or just crazy things. Like if you're on acid, right? Mm -hmm. That propelled me to say, oh, wow, there's, there's other realities out there besides physical body. So that was more of what spurned me to 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 say, you know what, I'm just going to do enough drugs so I leave my body and uh, I don't want to come back. And sure as shit, that's what happened. You mm. know, I I did my 24 hour bender, and I did my last line of coke, and I just went. My heart sees because you can like you can tell everything you're looking at is in three three dimensional motion, right? I'm looking at you, or you're nodding your head, but when you die. It's like a Polaroid snaps and it's like, a and then your consciousness pops out of your body and you're looking at everything. You're like, you're, 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 you're back. I'm back there. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, I'm dead. But it's the most freeing, most calming thing you'll ever experience. And you're like free. You're like, wow, this is what freedom is like. Oh, and I can still think you're still conscious when you die. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I had the whole outer body experience and I was like, man, this is like, and then you, you know, yes, it's true. Your life goes really fast in front of you. Like your whole entire life in a matter of like a nanosecond flashes, but each frame is like, oh, okay. My son, my family, they're all going to miss me. But you know what? This is a phenomenal blissed out feeling. And I didn't want to come back. I did not want to come back. And I, you know, my, my friend who is, let's say, engaging with those narcotics with me, he was trying to resuscitate me as I was watching from back there, 
like up in the up like three feet to an angle mm -hmm. and you know i was i was watching my body by the way start to turn purple like blue because <laughs> like, it's no oxygen i'm like this and my my friends trying to resuscitate me the moment i asked who am i because i'm watching my friend try to resuscitate me my face turning blue the moment i said who am i i got uploaded to like what I call a cloud, you can call it God, you can call it spirit, you can call it whatever you want to label it. Mm -hmm. But I was uploaded to that, let's say, field. And that's when you want to know everything? That's where it is. Wow. They say when you die, you know everything, right? There's no secrets when you die. It's true. Because it's all information. Wow. Energy is information. Mm -hmm. So... So you got an afterlife experience, yes. right? Uh, that's extraordinary in its own. Um, I've heard maybe two people say that they didn't want to come back to the human experience. Mm -hmm. So you're one of two of those. But you're the only person that I've heard of or read about that had an afterlife experience mm -hmm. and then came back as Nikola Tesla reincarnated. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I know. He, he, you get what no, I'm saying. Yeah, he, right. he's, he's, it's yeah. funny because, you know, he still exists just because he was murdered a long, long time ago. Uh -huh. He still exists. Yeah. So if you ever, ever have friends or family members that have transitioned, they still exist. I mean, sure, mm -hmm. they're not in physical body, but I would never say I'm that, I, you know, because Tesla still exists and mm -hmm. he's still uh, relevant in my world because, you know, I can still find him wherever he is, right? Well, he still exists. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would just say, I've taken certain pioneers' work, like Nikola Tesla, right? mm -hmm. like Wilhelm Reich, like mm -hmm. Antoine Priori, like mm -hmm. uh, uh, Royal Rife, you know, people like that. I've taken their work, not knowing it, right, <laughs> and just utilized, you know, a lot of their research after the fact, uh, after putting together the Russia and saying, oh, wow. There are people a lot smarter than me that that knew all this. Mm -hmm. Wilhelm Reich understood organ energy. Oh wow, that's that's actually scalar energy. Mm -hmm. Wow, Tesla was talking about this a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, base sixty, base twelve mathematics. Wow, the ancient Mayans and Sumerians were, were were that's their way of life. Why is our society not knowing this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just crazy. And I think it's important for the audience to recognize when you're talking, you're not just getting information. You don't have this, you don't have this knowledge as a, a way to kind of flex your intellect or show off because you've created and invented products and those products have case studies and they have, they're experiential, they're out there in the world. Mm -hmm. You're working with the tip of the spear athletes now, you're, you have reversed autism. So I want the audience to really, really hone in on when he's speaking, he's speaking from gaining knowledge, but also using it in real life, taking action. Mm -hmm. Knowledge without action is a vanity. So that there's, there's a bunch of experts in everything, right? But they don't have the experience. And that's, you hit the nail on the head. If all of you are listening to this, please listen to what this gentleman just said, because you can be taught things, okay? Mm -hmm. You can be taught things all your life. We're taught things all our lives in school, right? But it's not what you learn and what you're taught. It's what have you experienced. Mm -hmm. It's direct experiential knowledge yes. trumps 
anything that you have been taught in your life. Because that direct experiential knowledge or direct cognition mm -hmm. is something that you've experienced. That's why I really, you know, when I, when I, people ask me, you know, uh, you know, uh, don't you care about writing books <laughs> or, 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 or going out there and, and, you know, getting on panels, talking to other people like the mosques of the world and mm -hmm. all the other people. No, mm. I, I really don't mm -hmm. uh, because I know what I've experienced. I know that scalar energy exists, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, and I've, I've created a technology that can help unlock pure eternal human potential. That's it. That's all I really care about because I know that there is life after earth, right? Mm -hmm. I know that and I'm not in fear of it. Most high IQ scientists, people that have been very, very successful in life, right? At some point, they're going to be shitting in their pants because at that at that point where they're ready to die or they're going to transition, they're, they're not ready for it, man. You know? And I've already experienced it. So what am I really saying? I really don't care what people think of me and what, what you know, they think of the technology. I really don't. Mm -hmm. All I know is that at some point, all of these people are going to die. And if you're not prepared, you don't prepare your consciousness, you don't prepare for the greatest journey that you are going to take, mm -hmm. I feel sorry for you. It's powerful. I like I like how we keep making that the analogy between the bicycle and the, the rocket ship, right? Yeah. Are there other ways that don't necessarily have you know, that don't necessarily need these products for people to upgrade their DNA, their genetics, their, you know, what would you recommend the audience? How do they get an upgrade? Right. Well, in a perfect world, <laughs> you won't need a Russia. <laughs> that's, that's the first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But last time I checked, we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a distorted planet mm -hmm. with a distorted, you can see what's going on in the collective humanity, right? Mm -hmm. But the one thing I would say to people out there that Maybe you can't get to a Russia or you can't experience a Russia. Meditate, right? Do something, whether it's meditation, whether it's playing cards, I don't care what it is, that allows you to relax, okay? Because relaxation is the key. Because when you're relaxed, that means your left and right hemispheres of your brain are in harmonization or what they call hemisync. We call it brain harmonization. But when you're in that relaxed state, I don't care what it is. You want to knit, you want to play cards, you want to watch TV. I don't care. Meditate. Mm -hmm. Get into a place or do something that allows you to relax. Like my mother, she, <laughs> she likes to play slots okay. and that helps her relax. Yeah, I'm like, no, okay, mom, if that relaxes you, because mm -hmm. I say, why, why do you play slots? It relaxes me. Okay, mom. Do something that relaxes your brain. Get to that state where you're relaxed and stress-free. That's what I, the, the best thing I can say to your, to your listeners mm -hmm. is to do. Do whatever it takes to relax. And that in itself will propel you to greater consciousness evolution, I think, or I believe. So parasympathetic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. that, 1,000%. Okay. So get into a parasympathetic state rest and digest done through meditation breath work slots that's the first time i heard that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking out at scenic you know like naturescapes right um, things that'll kind of calm you down and it's a simple 
it's a simple application, but it's very complex because we are all in a chronic state of stress. Correct. And you hit it also, another mm -hmm. great point, mm -hmm. parasympathetic, right? Getting to that state of the body's natural ability to self-heal because in parasympathetic, as you know, your body goes into that self-healing mode. And then let's just touch upon breath work because everyone talks about Wim Hof and all of the other breath work, but no one talks about an eternal life breath, which is a 12-pointed mm. breath. Mm. No one mm -mm. talks about that. I'm not really yeah, that's, that is a breath that, let's say, eternal life human design or eternal life potentiality, that is all they do is apply a 12-point breath. And what is a 12-point breath? Mm -hmm. Very simple. <laughs> you just breathe in 12 directions, right? Mm. Or imagine yourself uh, at the center of a clock and you breathe from the center in 12 directions, right? 12 directions correlates to 12 DNA strands, 12 dimensions, okay? Mm. So everything I correlate to, whether it's metaphysical or scientific, will unify. So those 12 breaths, DNA strands. Oh, but Dr. Jerry, we don't have 12 DNA strands. We're only 12, uh, two to three strand beings. Well, we're two to three strand that code for protein. Mm. But what about the other 98% of the intron DNA that doesn't code for protein? That's not just junk. Mm. That when you reconfigure it and you, re you recombine it, comes up to 12 strands of DNA. And don't believe my word. Never believe a word I say. Mm -hmm. Start doing your due diligence and see that some of the highest level scientists now at Harvard are actually and MIT and Stanford are saying, yes, there is a... 12-strand human DNA potentiality. And it's no longer fringe. Yeah. I mean, it still might be on the, the outer scope yeah. of people's awareness. But and, and just to get clarity, like the definition of fringe doesn't mean that it's untrue. It just means that very few people understand it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's powerful. I, can you guide us through a 12? Sure. 12 work? Or 12, what is it called? 12 point breath? Yeah, 12 point breath. So okay. you can just, if you want, just close your eyes and just take a moment to just connect to your breath. Breathe through your nostrils. Are you doing a belly breath or? A yes, whatever breath. Buddha breath, whatever, yes. just whatever you're doing. And just do your best to reduce your breathing to about half its normal rate. So as you connect to your breath, I want you to breathe down into the quantum level. Like start to imagine your cells and your atoms, okay? And if you can't visualize, just intend that you are going into the quantum realm and start to breathe in between the spaces of your atoms and your cells and your DNA. So just breathe for a moment in, in between that quantum space. Now, as you inhale, I want you to visualize as you inhale, you send your intention out 12 spokes of a clock or 12 spokes of a wheel. And as you exhale, you bring back that intention back down those 12 spokes back into your body. So as you inhale, it may feel counterintuitive, but as you inhale, you send out your intention, whether it's self-healing, the ability to materialize, 
things in your life. And as you exhale, that intention comes back down those 12 spokes back into your body. So it's a 12 pointed breathing. And it's more than just breathing. You're actually literally turning on your potential to not just manifest things, but to materialize things in your life. Yep, and that's it. Where's the center point? Where's, where are they all coming back towards? Beautiful, beautiful question. Your thymus gland area would be the place I would focus on, or you can do it from your pineal gland, whichever feels more comfortable to you. That's really cool. I'm not charging anyone. That's free. To <laughs> <laughs> so put on my tab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but 12-pointed breath. So for all you Wim Hoffers out there, apply 12-pointed breath. It's, yeah, it's funny that Wim Hof has the, the most notoriety, but there's some powerful breath work. Of course. Facilitators out yeah. there right? yeah. in their 80s that yeah, no one's yeah. heard about because they they're not on social. Yeah, right. It's just, I just like anything, right? Yogis, like any uh, Rish, was it? The Hindu Rish? Rishis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Powerful. So I want to bring all of this together, what we've been talking about so far, and start talking about why you're in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> we, we are actually here for something super yes. counterintuitive. Uh, we're here. You're here for the BKFC fights. Yes. This World weekend. Championship fights. Yes. Yep. So the biggest uh, fight card BKFC has had so far. Correct. Yeah. Right. And uh, there's one fighter on this card who we actually sponsor, the actual Russia technology sponsors, and that's world champion Chip uh, Holder of the 125-pound women's uh, belt, Christine mm -hmm. Ferreira. Beast. Yes. She is a, an athlete of athletes yeah. for sure. She's the only athlete on the planet right now that has mm -hmm. utilized the Rasha to enhance her mindset, to enhance her performance. I mean, she was a beast and talented prior, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All I can say is it's almost, honestly, it's almost not fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much. No, I, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot about, um, I think she's been using the product for about nine weeks now, right? Correct. And just different level of everything, cognition, mental cognition, clarity, emotional, physical, spiritual. You know, it's like, it's like what David Goggins talks about. Like when you hit that plateau, when you think you're ready to quit, you have 50% more left in the tank, right? Mm -hmm. Well, she didn't have to go to Goggins for that. She actually tapped into her own innate potential mm -hmm. within, within her utilizing the rasha because the rasha really doesn't do anything for you mm. it just unlocks what you already have the potentiality that you have stored in your intron dna and that's what she did beautifully mind you beautifully and uh, i'm excited to watch her fight and we're also sponsoring the rasha is also sponsoring this uh bkfc 56 fight and we want to see what it leads to in the future because you know what look um there are other organizations out there mm -hmm. in this industry, but BKFC also, you know, took a chance on 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 us and vice versa. And I'll tell you right now, you know, we're we're about to <laughs> redefine the fight game, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. with this technology, and not just the fight game, the whole entire sports industry. That's all I was gonna say. I was like, yeah. why, why leave it up to the? No, 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 no. Combat yeah. sports, yeah. yeah. 
a lot of athletes. How did that relationship um, between you and Christine come about? What's the story behind that? Yeah, so you know, I, w I was lucky enough to uh, you know partner a business, a partner with a uh, Russia owner. We call Russia owners guardians. His name is Joe Marshall, and mm -hmm. Joe Marshall. Uh, he's a former U.S. Olympian in judo, uh, amazing uh, uh, judo practitioner, by the way. Uh, I think the only eighth degree on the uh, locally. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, he introduced us. He he knew uh, Christine and started saying, "Hey, we should we should contact." And he did. He w reached out to uh, Christine and Jules Gray, mm -hmm. and uh, they came in one day to the gym and they they tried it. Because the first thing I'm going to say is, "Look, man." Yeah, I, I can tell you that this technology does X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. but until you experience it, it's a whole nother level. So they experienced it and the rest is say history. Yeah. yeah. And so the first time, did, did she have like a reaction to the first time she did it? That you Were you there when she used the product? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a, that question is better left for her, for her. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, I don't like to speak for other people, but let's just say... Uh, you know, she, uh, it's not being a believer. She's a knower of what the technology can do. Cause you know, I, and I know, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, these athletes doing weight cuts and that stuff and, and the grind that they do, man, when you unlock just 1% more of your brain or your consciousness, just think about what she's unlocked the past eight to nine weeks and the visualization, the materialization. I mean, it's, it's next level. It's next level. And any athlete will tell you that, you know, you can get, you, you'll get all the athletes are in great shape or at that level, right? Right. Fighters, football players, uh, you know, baseball players, they're, they're all at that, that elite level physically. It's mental, right? You can either show up or you can just disappear. And I can tell you right now, the whole world at BKFC 56 is going to see Christine Ferreira at another level. And it, it, it is exciting, but also if you're, 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 if you're a, a opponent, scary. scary. <laughs> yeah. That's, so your prediction, what's your prediction? First round knockout? Annihilation. Anni <laughs> no. Annihilation because, because yeah, yeah. All right. You, you, you have two yep. high level physical combatants, right? Mm -hmm. but, but man, it, it's almost unfair. When I say unfair, when you unlock the, mm -hmm. the, 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 and Wilhelm Reich understood it, Tesla understood it. They understood the mm -hmm. potential of the human DNA. No one talks about Wilhelm Reich and what he did for healing. No mm -hmm. one talks about uh, Nikola Tesla and what mm -hmm. he's done for healing. They, mm -hmm. they, they've utilized scalar energy for healing. Christine Ferre has utilized Tesla Wilhelm Reich technology to enhance herself. And it's just like, okay, well, <laughs> and still. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck to her opponent. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's a really powerful one thing that that's I find interesting, right? It's because when I when I was deep diving your interviews and and people that you've talked to in the past, it seems like the the spiritual community and the, you know the these communities that understand more higher level consciousness stuff, mm. they would really resonate with your your products and your message. Yeah. When did you decide to come into the sports world and why did you make that decision? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, because I noticed how, you know, in the special needs and the autism world, 
uh-huh. that our technology was able to hate to help those that have let's say brain injuries or brain let's say um uh pathologies right mm-hmm. tbi brain concussion and just things of that nature when it comes to special needs so i notice a lot of tbis concussions in the fight world in sports in general and you know while spiritual and let's just say the higher consciousness individuals would resonate with our technology the fight world and and sports also have consciousness and i want to elevate that as well why not Mm -hmm. redefine the whole entire industry not just sports but spa wellness agriculture animal etc etc so it just fell into a flow and natural synchronicity with the sports world that's amazing. And as far as the growth, you're, you're wanting to help as many athletes or connect with as many athletes in the sports world as possible? Or are you focused solely on, let's say, BKFC or, or combat sports over the next couple of years and then maybe expanding? What's, what's your goal there? Yeah, well, no, we, we have a, a professional golfer by the name of Lee Slattery. He's one of our Rasha-sponsored athletes, right? So mm-hmm. we're not just uh, focused on you know combat sports, mm-hmm. although BKFC is the only organization that actually trusted this technology enough to partner, right? Mm-hmm. So kudos to David Feldman. Uh, but no, we're, we're, going, we're going to all sports because, you know, I, you know it's, it's true. You know, sports influences the world, right? You have little kids looking up to be the next Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi, right? And sports has that, you know, mastery over the collective consciousness. So if we can help those high elite level athletes, right? Not just their performance, but it's their consciousness and mindset we're looking to actually upgrade and elevate. Well, think about all the millions of children that these that look up to these, you know, elite elite performers, right? Mm-hmm. So I also look at it from that aspect, right? Not just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, what what can we do to enhance their performance, but it's at some point those elite athletes how their consciousness will shift and affect it'll be like a downstep process to the rest of the humanity something that's not like readily like apparent when you at first sight when i when i meet you you also have business acumen was is that something that you learned or is that does that come from joe or is that coming from well no i mean this experience it, it comes from just my sphere of influence yeah okay uh but i didn't go to school for business no yeah. i mean it's just it's just there are laws in the universe and laws of the cosmos and if you base it on a base 12 eternal life principle, uh-huh. then business is just, you know, if you stick to those principles, uh-huh. business is a, is a byproduct. Mm. Self-healing is a byproduct, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Manifestation, materialization are byproducts of applying these base 12 eternal life principles to your life. Yeah. So, you know, business is just an offshoot, a byproduct of, or successful business, I should say. You're right, right, right. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple of times that this organization, uh, BKFC, took a, a chance with you or, or made a smart decision, right, in the grand scheme of things. What, what was an organization that didn't make that decision with you? Well, let's just put it this way. Um, a few UFC goes uh the, i think it was ufc 293 in mm. in in sydney australia uh alexander volkov ufc heavyweight fighter 
utilized our technology, the Russia, five or six times at the Russia International Sports Center in Las Vegas, where he did his fight camp, right? Mm -hmm. And we actually, UFC actually did a one minute promo piece on us, right? Whoa. For, yeah. for UFC 293, yeah. right? So the whole world that was watching that night knew about the Russia. Hmm. The whole world watched Alexander Volkov talk about the Russia and how it helped him. And he happened to win that night over Tai Tuavasa. Well, right? Yeah. You uh, would think higher powers that be would jump on a technology that can redefine not just the fight game in combat sports, but sports in general. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. That's cool. Yeah. BKFC did. BKFC did. <laughs> so let's go. And now you're in Salt Lake City. Yeah. On this podcast, yeah. getting ready for a huge fight card. Mm -hmm. And uh it seems like you're just you're just gaining gaining momentum and the sky's not even the limit for you guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, because when 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 you're when you start to integrate, right, mm -hmm. combat sports with the potential to really unlock the potential, not just to reach those higher elite performance levels, but to recuperate. Mm -hmm. to regenerate, to heal. Oh, and let's also upgrade our mindset, our championship mindset. For all of you athletes out there that are on the cusp or have tasted championship, right, level, and you want to reclaim that, unlock it again. In a perfect world, what would culture look like? What would Rasha's impact have on humanity? You know what? That is probably the single most not just intelligent question I've been asked on an interview, mm -hmm. but the most high consciousness question, because a lot of people seem to skip that question. Mm. So kudos to you for asking that. The end game really, my whole intention with the Rasha and where I see it with humanity, right? Because people are like, well, you know, the Rasha Dome is, all, is a six figure thing. And how, how are you being in service to humanity if it's so expensive? Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. thing is, it's the high, let's just say the high CEO level individuals that can afford the Rasha, right? And their, their influence, their downstep influence to their masses and their sphere of influence, which will help. But in the end, I want to own, right? My own satellites mm. and transmit wow. our base 12 frequencies, Rasha frequencies, to the satellite, transmit it to the planet for free. That's the end goal. Wow. So in order to get there, how much do you think it costs to like own satellites, right? Yeah. We can ask Musk, right? But yeah. that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I want to gift these frequencies to humanity. That's the end game. And that will, for free, elevate, upgrade the collective consciousness of humanity. And it's not about high vibrations. Before we, we, gonna, we end. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's not about high vibration. Yeah. So if you're still out there saying, oh man, high vibes, man, your consciousness, you're a high vibe being. No, clearly you don't understand physics because vibration is what? Energy holding, okay? Mm -hmm. Energy contraction is vibration. Mm -hmm. When you're high vibratory, that means you're dense. Mm -hmm. So when you tell someone you're high vibe, you're telling them you're dense, man. Mm -hmm. It's high oscillation, which is energy expansion. Wow. So- for all of you out there, 
you're welcome. <laughs> listen, listen, all you spiritual, yes. all of you guys. So the, the key is to raise the collective consciousness, the oscillation rate, not the vibratory rate. So all of you out there that are speaking this nonsense, this false new wave, not new age nonsense, uh -huh. please do your due diligence and learn voc the proper vocabulary. Yes. So it's raising the collective consciousness of humanity, but it's raising the oscillation rate. And that's what I aim to do before I leave this planet a second time. I love that you just a second time. So Abraham Maslow talks about self-actualization, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do any research on Abraham Maslow, he actually didn't coin that. That was coined afterwards. But self-actualized individual mm -hmm. is that oscillating, expansive being, mm -hmm. living in purpose, on purpose, and complete flow mm -hmm. all the time. What kind of reality could we build? What kind of what kind of empires or what kind of um, I'm just I'm just imagining a world where where your energies is your technology is being transmitted globally. What what would you see a decade after that's happened? Well, first and foremost, you know, you'd have a civilization that wouldn't be labeled a type zero civilization which is a type zero civilization is a civilization that can't even harness its own consciousness or energy for the benefit of mankind and the planet mm -hmm. so let's say we, we we become a type 12 civilization on the fact the very fact that you start applying base 12 mathematics base 12 knowledge base 12 frequencies unlocking the 12 strand potentiality that's all what's going to happen if we start transmitting these frequencies right to humans because look certain three le three letter agencies out there mm -hmm. okay know okay that our technology can actually unlock and turn a regular human being into what we call a meta human being Okay, a meta human being is someone that has actually reclaimed all of their unlock potentiality, not just self healing, not just being able to materialize things at will, because it's not about manifestation, manifestation, you can manifest till the stars burn out. But manifestation simply means you're setting your intention. Mm -hmm. I want to manifest more money. That means I'm setting the intention to create more money. Does it mean you're going to materialize a million dollars physically or gold for that matter? No. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to materialize things. That's what happens when you start to unlock your 12-strand potentiality, okay? Mm -hmm. So what a world would look like would be a world that is not currently we are experiencing now. Yep. There'll be no more wars, no more need to, let's say, the, the survival for the fittest model, that's gone, right? The need to actually, you know, uh, kill right. <laughs> animals and life forms to survive. Because right. if, you know, I hate to break the news to everyone, but mm -hmm. we live in a vampire society. Mm -hmm. In order to survive, whether it's an electric car that needs electricity to run or a human being, Albeit you're a vegan, uh -huh. you still need to consume yep. energy to survive. Mm -hmm. So, ergo, this whole entire planet is a vampire planet. 
in order to survive. Nothing on this planet is eternal. We need to sustenance to survive. A planet that starts to unlock or humanity that starts to receive these frequencies through satellites will be able to unlock that potentiality so that no longer are we feeding off of other things and other life forms to exist. That would be a great thing. Oh, and then think of all those inventors that were murdered, that were able to take regular water and make a car go, like fuel a car with water, right? You right. Remember that guy? 100%. So it's a world that we can only fantasize, but is it's absolutely doable. So that's why people, when they, oh, Dr. Jerry, why are you charging so much money? Well, listen, unless you're going to give me a satellite system. Yep. So, hey, anyone out there has that? How about this? All of you billionaires out there, okay? <laughs> All of you billionaires, including Musk. You want to do service to humanity? Fair enough. Game on. Mm -hmm. Allow me access to several uh, satellites that are geopositioned over continents, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll transmit our base 12 frequencies via your satellites. Okay, so that's my challenge to all of you billionaires out there. You want to do service to humanity? Game on. I won't charge another dime for my technology. If I get my hands on a satellite system and I can beam my by base 12 frequencies for free to raise the collective consciousness, the oscillation rate of collective consciousness, that's it. So that's Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk, right? With Starlink. No, whoever, whoever out there, there's billionaires out in India. Okay, oh, really? That, okay, that okay. own satellites too. See, I didn't you know even what know I'm that. talking about. I didn't even know that. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, you know what? You want to do real service humanity, spiritual work? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's change the planet now, not a hundred years from now. Mm -hmm. Let's do it now. Man. That is powerful. I'm excited to see what happened. I mean, the first, what, eight, nine years that you've been with the tech, with this, with these products, uh, the impact you've made so far. I'm excited to see what happens in the next 10 years. Well, listen, you know, the technology's out there, right? But the mathematics that are utilized, mm -hmm. right, to create it, it's free. It's out there, right? So for, for those, you know, aspiring scientists and engineers that want to take, you know, uh, this technology and other technologies, fringe technologies like Tesla, mm -hmm. like Wilhelm Reich, and you want to go to the next level, it's the knowledge is out there. Just apply it, mm -hmm. right? And change the world now. Is, is there a place, I, I love what you just said, but my mind immediately went to, is there a centralized place that has Nikola Tesla's uh, research that has Wilhelm Reich's research. Like, is there an online well, like, yeah. database that has Well, um, I host a biorogenesisacademy.org. Okay. It's an okay. online, uh -huh. self-paced, almost you can call it fringe information. <laughs> okay. Right. That has to do with all of Wilhelm Reich's work, Tesla's work, Reich's work. Antoine Priori's work and other individuals' work that people have not heard of and that mm -hmm. you're not taught in re regular Western public or private institutions, educational in institutions. Yeah, so it's biogenesisacademy.org. And that is a place where I've centralized all of this information that where we should have been taught base 12, not just base 12 mathematics, mind mm -hmm. you, 
but base 12 principles, base 12, let's say, sacred geometry, right? Yeah. Sounds like the, the name of your next book. Well, <laughs> of your of your new book coming out. I, 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 yes, I, in yes, 2024. I That's amazing. Well, um, I, I know that this isn't going to be the first podcast we have. And I know there's a myriad of topics that we could talk about that would blow people's minds. All right. Where can people find you? TheRasha.com. So it's mm -hmm. TheRasha, R-A-S-H-A.com, which, by the way, stands for Reciprocal Antenna System for Holographic Activation. Everyone wants to know what <laughs> Rasha stands for. So that's what it means, okay? You can go to TheRasha.com, mm -hmm. okay? And then on Instagram, we have Rasha Revolution. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Adaptive Leaders Podcast. This episode was, I didn't even know about it 16, you know, 18 hours ago. But I would say that what he has invented, who he's working with, his life's mission, his purpose to shift humanity and create a better world that we all know is possible. Um, he's in it, he's doing it. And I would say, you know, without a doubt that his work over the next 10 years will revolutionize mankind. So thank you guys for tuning in. If we brought you any value or if, if you like this episode, rate, review, share this episode with anyone uh, who you think this would resonate with. And thanks for tuning in. Peace. Thank you.